After blunt force, there aren't many options. You could go on a cruise and throw your spouse overboard at sea. You could hire someone to do the dirty work. That never pans out, because most killers for hire are also cops, who, if you are not organized crime paying big bucks for a well-orchestrated hit on a criminal rival, simply arrest you. There was a guy in Tacoma, Washington, who murdered his wife and thought he could burn her body in the fireplace. Sorry, the chimney caught on fire from her burning fat, and he was overcome by the smoke and rescued by firefighters. He woke up in the hospital, handcuffed to his hospital bed. You could try killing someone and make it look like it was a burglary where the burglar bumped off the homeowner. You think you're clever? It's all been done before. Forensic expert Brent Turvey has written extensively on this scenario and conducts seminars for law enforcement on manipulated crime scenes. What does that leave us? Mail bombs? Those are too many variables, and mail bombers make the mistake of believing that the explosion will destroy evidence. Nope. Sorry. Among the debris of the horrific Alaska mail bomb conspiracy case was a little piece purchased from Radio Shack by the bomb maker. The sales receipt was on file. In another case, cops found the stamp blown off the package. It had the bomber's thumbprint right in the middle, clear as day, guilty as charged. There are still ways of killing devoid of guns, knives, bombs, strangulation, or hammers. In fact, there is a method of homicide that was so popular in the 19th century that people were bumping off each other left and right. Friends, family, parents, husbands, wives, children, and even strangers, because there was no way to get caught. Some did it for the perverse thrill of taking human life. Others did it as an act of revenge for a slight or humiliation, real or imagined, but most did it because they believed that killing another human being, even their own flesh and blood, would bring them some sort of increased wealth or advancement in social status. And the great thing about this method, I tell Frank at Starbucks, is that it can look exactly like natural causes, the number one killer of vegans in America. Really? Sure, all things considered, vegans die of natural causes. They drop dead in the aisles of health food stores while listening to NPR. The woman behind us, overhearing our conversation, almost choked on her red velvet cupcake. Frank knows the Heimlich maneuver. His charming co-author admits he does not, but acknowledges he did learn the conversation step in a ballroom dancing class. What does this have to do with cold-blooded murder and the horrific case that takes up the rest of this book? Plenty. You are going to hear about a nice guy found dead on his bedroom floor by his beloved bride. He wasn't shot, stabbed, strangled, or bombed. And even though he wasn't a vegan, it looked like natural causes. Except it wasn't. It was the cold, cruel murder of a kind, loving man who treasured his wife and stepdaughter with all his heart. Frank Girardeau, Jr. and I selected this story because it has a myriad of stories in one, a multi-generational drama of love, loss, perversity, greed, madness, and murder. Ultimately, there is an allegation of another homicide years earlier that is so shocking in its implications that we ask you, once you have finished listening to this audiobook, to write us a note and tell us whether or not you believe the allegation. Oh, and as with all true crime books, 
This is a version of events recalled from memory and adapted from personal in-depth interviews with diverse individuals, information shared by law enforcement, attorneys, newspaper reporters, private detectives, insurance investigators, and experts in diverse fields whose insights offer keys to understanding how such a heinous crime can be committed. Any errors of fact are unintentional. Some names have been changed to protect privacy, and certain conversations or comments required emendation and speculative reconstruction for your ease of listening and comprehension. Much of the dialogue is taken from secret recordings presented as evidence in the murder trial. What begins as an epic mystery becomes something far more perverse, bizarre, and as hypnotically fascinating as a tragic roadside accident. But this death was no accident. It was a cold-blooded homicide, committed by someone with a taste for murder.